0: Let us pray. Okay. Gracious, loving God, I give you thanks. We thank you for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for all the ways you speak to us. God, guide us that we may indeed be faithful interpreters of you, hearing your word. In Jesus, most holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome, welcome back to Studio B. Uh, we're, we're back in the studio, uh, we're not on our proper day, uh, but we are at okay. least back in the studio. Uh, we have been we've been remote for the past two weeks. Um, I am always thankful when we're back in here. It, you know, Zoom is great and it works. Um, and it's an amazing uh, tool for podcasting, but um, there's something about the energy of being live in the studio that is just better. Um, anyways, I am Pastor Trey Comstock with me as ever is Sister Brady Dudley, Pastor Scott Ketchup, and on the ones and twos,
1: Brother Stacy Tyler,
0: and this is Scripture Talk, the podcast where we talk Talk about about scripture right like you know and and other things and this you're here for the pre-show um often it's a pop culture or it's uh uh today it's my love of isaiah mustafa the uh, old spice guy uh but not the not the big burly old spice guy the slightly less burly old spice guy um who wears a towel he's great um i love him um but that's not what we're talking about
1: You know Uh, you you were sitting here talking about looking like conan a while ago i'm sitting here looking at me i'm going Man, I look like Mick Foley.
0: Man. I mean, sure, yeah. There's all you often have that kind of energy. I'm just watching the video version. My hair is, as my son would describe it, poofier. poofy. Poofy. <laughs> my my son has decided I have poofy hair, uh, which is <laughs> deeply troubling.
1: No, I just need to go run off a hill in the cell somewhere. And yeah,
0: and over. maybe don't cut your forehead open very much. Um, okay. Our, uh, sorry to lift the lift the whatever on wrestling, but they're on blading their scripture. forehead. Um, it's a work, not a shoot. K fame is alive. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, our scripture today, uh, we're going back to revelation. Um, but it's, uh, it is the part of revelation you don't hear from very much, uh, because it's the thing that people, I guess people think is boring. I don't know, but it took me, I don't think until I sat down to really learn scripture for. You know, academic purposes. I didn't even know there, this part was in Revelation. There's these letters to these churches at the opening of Revelation. Uh, so we have a, a, a f- three seven of those of them. There's Aren't seven good, letters yeah. total. Yeah, we've got three of them today. We've got Ephesus, Smyrna, um, and Pergamum. Um, and so here, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. I know that you cannot tolerate evildoers. You have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them to be false. I also know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for the sake of my name, and that you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned the love that you first had. Remember then from what you have fallen. Repent and do works. Do the works you did at first. If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this is to your credit. You hate the works of Nicolaitans of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Let a let anyone who has an ear listen to the Spirit. To what the Spirit is saying to you in the churches, to everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, these are the words of the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your affliction and your poverty, even though you are rich. I know the slander on the part of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a, are a synagogue of Satan. Sorry. That's one of my favorite, like, <laughs> sick burn. Synagogue, synagogue of Satan. Satan. Sorry. Wow. You're not supposed to crack up in the middle of the reading of Revelation, my? but he just called them a synagogue of Satan. Anyways. Um,
1: <laughs> synagogue of Satan. There we
0: go. Uh, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Beware the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have affliction. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever conquers will not be harmed by the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you are living, where Satan's throne is. Yet you are holding fast to my name, and you did not deny your faith, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed among you where Satan lives. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teachings of Balaam, um, who taught Balak uh, to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel so that they would eat food sacrificed to idols and practice fornication. Uh That's not great. Um, So you have also some who hold the teachings of the Repent then. If not, I will come to you soon and make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give a white stone, and on the white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Okay. this is a lot definitely bad i know but here's the thing this these are real churches right we can uh historically point at them um or at least at some of them and this is god speaking uh to john who is acting as prophet um in the dream this is how it opens right this is the opening statements of revelation is a lot of it is things are tough you are not yet perfect keep on going right and there's some of these churches that do not get all of these churches get it's fairly nice yeah. right it's like hey you've got some things to work on if you don't work them out we're going to have a problem uh-huh. but you're going to work them out and it's going to be great uh, for some of these churches it's not so great i just i picked these that are this kind of balance of encouragement and challenge and in some ways this is something we should all know from the holy spirit right that balance of encouragement and challenge and so, just as with us as individuals, so these churches in ancient times. But the edge to this is what all of Revelation is actually about when you zoom out and read the book as a whole. It is Things are tough right now. For these churches, things are tough right now. They have pressures from outside, right? They live where Satan lives. They, you know, are suffering from the synagogue of Satan. Um (laughs) Or they've got people in their midst who are not right, who are trying to shred the church from within. Sometimes the things that hurt churches are pressure from within. Sometimes it's pressure from without. Um, and that's been true throughout history, right? Or a
2: combination of both. Or a combination.
0: Uh-huh. And so, right, for all of these churches, it's a combination of both, right? For the people who live where Satan lived, they also have Nicolaitans um, and uh, and the followers of Balaam, right, um, who are practicing fornication. And also they're getting killed by the government. and so it is this balance of things are bad in a lot of ways and things are tough and you need to hang on through the things are tough. You need to hang on. Um, this is getting uh, paired uh, with, uh, with the Bob Dylan song times that are changing, times right? This changing. in changing times, the thing to hold fast to is God mm-hmm. because it's not like the Bible didn't know there would be hard times. And if you think the Bible didn't know there would be hard times, you haven't read the Bible very well. Yeah. This, this is why you've got to read it in big chunks. You've got to read whole books. you got to read Revelation. And the, don't worry much about the number of eyes and claws and lion heads or whatever the heck. Focus in on the actual message. Hold on, friends, that even in this changing time, There is bedrock underneath. But people run away from the book of Revelation. You
1: hardly hear any pastor preach on the book of Revelation because they're scared of what it
0: contains. And it may scare the congregation and all. I mean, in some ways, I think I've said this before. It should. It should scare you. Revelation is very okay with you being a little afraid. But be afraid of the right things. Uh Uh-huh and spoilers god god wins, win. Why we yeah. god wins. i mean it, it, it
2: it's kind of in there but something else i find that is encouraging in this um and i know i've made this statement before uh, oftentimes i've had people uh, complain about they don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites or the, the 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 church is full of issues and it's not what it used to be okay i love this verse because guess what this is the beginning of the church. This is early church yeah, this, history. Yeah, this is definitely yeah, first century. Guess what he's pointing out? Not everybody in the church is agreeing on the same thing, doing it right, and he has it full of people who have wrong thinking. huh. So that means this has always been an issue in the church, and yet Jesus is like, it's going to be okay, do better. And work on it because that's the purpose of the church yes the church is going to be filled with people who uh need help because They're that's humans. the job of the church right if you find a perfect church don't go join it you'll mess it up and that's the same for me if i was to go i would right. mess it up because there's no such thing and, and yeah. so the beauty of this isn't the fact that there's all these issues in the church it's the fact that you know like we talked about today jesus uh being a friend and pointing out that's what's obvious in front of our face jesus pointing out hey there's these issues so that they can be worked on, Thank you. not as in condemnation of going, you know, this church is no good, with the exception of the Senate God of Satan. Yeah. I think that's pretty heavy, uh, pre- pretty uh, pointing out that they had a lot going on there. But it's a fact of this is so that you know what to work on and that he is going to be there to work on it with them this is what we talked about about prophecy truth
0: telling not fortune telling well and also it is um challenge with hope yeah right none of like we so the way the human brain is wired is we receive negative feedback stronger than we receive positive feedback it's a great way to like stay alive on the savannah or whatever right you learn more (laughs) from the lion charging at you right and so we often in church life, and um, as pastors, I think we have to walk this line very carefully um, of, of the difference between um, challenge, right, um, and condemnation, right, of a challenging and pushing and accountability, right, um, and condemnation, which is to say, um, it is one thing to say, this is an issue, you need to work on it. It is another thing to say, this is an issue, therefore you are condemned. Okay. We often receive feedback any any negative feedback as condemnation, right? I, I you know, they're attacking me. Are are they? Maybe they are, right? You know, someone is being attacked by the synagogue of Satan. But Jesus, or, you know, the word of God here is not attacking Shmirna or Pergamum, right? They, this is, These are churches like, hey, you're doing all right, but these are the places you need to grow. They are not being kicked out. They are saying, um, hey, sin is a problem, um, if you are not working to resolve sin, that is a I think we would all agree that that is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you have the opportunity to get it right. And if you do get it right, you have this anchor to hold on to in difficult times.
1: And so this harkens back to uh, one of the very first sermons you ever taught that I was part of uh, Good Church back Good from. Church yeah. Baptist, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what it reminds me a lot of. is like, well, And these this, are good churches. Yeah. I'm just
2: saying, He's saying good churches, but he's saying how the good churches can become better churches. Yeah. It says a progress
1: report that he's getting at the three-week yeah. mark. Mm-hmm. Here's where you need to keep your grades up here. You're doing good, but it's where you need to go right here to get your grade up a little bit more.
2: The reality of it is if we are not actively focused on improving something that we're not uh, don't have mastered yet, then we're not truly working out the discipleship aspect. Well, not, you know,
0: that yeah, is that that is Wesleyan sanctification to a yeah. T, right? It is. Um, in the way that kind of Wesley structures his understanding of God's grace, it's something that's really resonated with me, you know, as a person, long before I was a theologian. Right now, you know, I, you know, I wear the the title of pastor with too much education. And so I, you know, I have been learning about this for a long time, but even long before any of that, just understanding, you know, Wesley's, you know, kind of, it's, we say three kinds of grace, and it's not, it's all God's grace. It's just three methodologies by which grace moves in one's life. Um, this idea of sanctifying grace is you're the same jerk you were five minutes ago. You're just a justified jerk, right? Huh. That, you know, when you are saved, you are not materially better, right? It is not instant, like, it is instant salvation. You're counted in the book of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but you have not. You are no different, right? Like progress. God looks at you differently. It's no, the, still yeah. a trash fire. Still a trash fire, yes. what
2: you and your friends say, and I
0: forget yeah. which word. We're all blanks. All blanks, blanks, yes. All blanks that so God loves us. God yeah. loves us anyways, Yeah. It's, it's my favorite summation of the gospel. I didn't come up with it, but I use it um, at, uh, you know, in various words. All of them are blue. Um, but uh, we're going to summarize this as jerks or trash fires. right? The same trash fire you were five minutes ago. You're just a saved trash fire. What happens next is what you see this process being worked out with these three churches is you've got these things that are right, you've got these things to go, you still can get there, keep on striving, and by the way, what's on the other side of this is worth it, and by the way, this will be part of your bedrock through difficult times.
2: And and something to think about um, down the road as you look back, You know, and this isn't said with condemnation whatsoever, but as a heart check, uh, frequently, are you still dealing with, you know, 10 years down the road, the exact same problems you were dealing with your first week of becoming a Christian? You may not have been leaning into this as much as you should. You will still be dealing with stuff, hopefully uh, not all of the exact same stuff. Granted, some things take longer to work through, but still, it's making progress, building an Showing and growing fruit, right? That's the, the meaning of the whole fig tree parable.
0: Well, and the in the you know my favorite John Wesley ordination question: Have ye fruit? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like are is what you are. So the, the whole I'm I'm leading a small group on this in, a, in like two hours, and so clearly my head is there. Spoilers. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> Spoilers. This the folks who are meeting with me in a couple hours, but like um, I don't think any of them are on right now. Um, but, but you know, part of. Part of, whole, all, part of Wesley and his friend's thesis statement um, in gathering and becoming the Methodists is they looked at the Church of England at, their, at that time, and it didn't feel like it was bearing fruit in the lives of ordinary people, right? Because that's what John Wesley was really interested in, was are ordinary people who are coming to church actually being fed in such a way that their souls are being transformed, and can we start to look at the things, um, the method of Methodism, right? Is can mm-hmm. we start to look at the things that we know will transform one's soul, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, which he would call the means of grace, right? Um, that he would call that attending to the ordinances of God. And, that, and those are all like fancy pants. This is the 18th century, right? And so everything sounds formal when it's the 18th century. But that is-
2: Attend unto the ordinances, ordinances of God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Right? Work on your relationship Ship with, with God,
0: God. Right? And we can think about- Think about the things in your life that helped. That I was having a conversation. Um, I was having a conversation with Sydney's cousins. Um, they're all my age. Um, we were um, in a, the basement, in the rec room of the beach house. It's a very fancy thing. Uh, rec room of the beach house. It was like eleven thirty at night, um, and we strayed into the like we strayed into the religious as we were playing shuffleboard. Um, and I and you know and so these are these are you know people who maybe grew up in church but largely don't go to church now and so I, I think they represent a, a lot of kind of modern millennial men right um, and you know I, I'm pushing to like how do I talk about church in non-churchy language right because the minute I start saying the words ordinances of God we're not playing shuffleboard anymore and I should probably go to bed um, right. and what I said is are you in a community that's making you better and not worse. Right? Like, what is church? Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what is yeah. church? You know, right. Hey, you know, that was off the dome, right? I was really proud of myself for that, right? Like, are, what is church? And, and you see it here. I'll get back to the scripture, I promise. Like, you see it here, right? Like, this should be a community that is self transforming. And self transforming because the power of God is moving within it, but that it is. That there are, you see your rough edges and you are working them out. And what church is meant to be, and certainly in the Wesleyan tradition, what church is meant to be, is the place that pushes you in positive and loving and accountable ways um, to become better over time and not worse over time.
1: Uh I think also, uh, going back to what you were saying about, you know, are you still dealing with the same problems that you were when you became a Christian? And I think the one one way to measure that is, are you having as many peaks as you are valleys? Sure. I mean, That's one way to think about it. You're, I mean, are, are you just kind of stuck, you know, like like you've always said, Trey, are you said, you know, staying at a six. Yeah. Is, is is kind of a good measuring stick. But, you know, we do have those those peaks, you know, where we're like, what, man, God's talking to me and God's just moving and all my way, you know, and everything, and then we, you know, we turn around and hit those valleys, and it's all about how do we handle those those valleys.
0: And I think that's actually very relevant to these churches, right? Because yeah. all these churches are living in a valley. Uh-huh. They are living in a valley. They we think. Again, it's hard to pin down dates. This late in the New Testament, it's hard to pin down dates. Early in the New Testament, it's real easy. It was one man's 33-year presence on earth, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And so you can get real specific about the early part of the New Testament It's and, and, and Acts, right? You can get pretty specific about, like— uh, you know, from the beginning of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to yeah. the end of Luke 2, Acts of the Apostles, we can be pretty sure. Again, we're talking about one and a half human lifetimes, right? From this point, we're in we're in no man's land. If we can't put dates on things, but we think there's a persecution going on. Yeah. Um, we think, especially because the way some of the imagery nods to the Emperor Nero, right? We 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 think they're really being squeezed hard, um, and so they're in a valley, right? And so what he is reminding, what part of what God is instructing John to tell these folks is to remind them of you exactly what Stacy is saying. You have made progress. Remember the good things that are about you. See the work that has happened. See the progress you have made. And part of how you are—we've talked about this before, right? Part of how you are to hold on is to see that progress that you have made um, and be able to continue that progress, but also— because you know, like any like any thing in church, right? There are always those reminders of those rough edges, and the existence of those rough edges are not themselves the end of the world. Um, it just means that you have made progress. You still have progress to go. I don't know why mm-hmm. the
1: Lion King is coming to my brain when you say that. Because when Simba had a moment where he was in the wilderness and Rafiki had to get with him, and Mufasa in the clouds say, yeah. "Remember who you are." Uh-huh. That's what. John is saying to
2: these churches...
0: Every Disney movie is about Wesleyan sanctification. Uh-huh. <laughs> I every, every, remember who you are! Every Disney movie is about Wesleyan sanctification. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Right. right? Think of it... Because they're all the hero's journey, right? Um, and what John Wesley realized is um, all the fiction about hero's journey is about life... Is actually about life and God. Um, that you, um, you... You know, the, the gospel... The gospels themselves are a hero's journey, right? Um, that... Uh, they're written by people who were influenced by the Greek ethics like they it's a life that happened but the people that wrote them down had all read the odyssey had all read the Aeneid had all read you know the Iliad right like they knew um they understood like they understood a character arc um, yeah. and so it turns out that what John Wesley said is but John Wesley and I, and, I, and I I feel that Revelations gives everyone be on your own Disney heroes journey, uh-huh. right? Like you know if you find yourself in the middle, of your well, let's do Moana. It's one I, it's, Esther was listening to the music from it in the car. Um, you know, let's think about Moana. Right, she finds herself out in the ocean. She feels lost. You know, the ocean, whatever speaks to her, and she finds herself. And there's this great song. You know, think about Encanto. Right, like all of them are this this is the same plot. <laughs> Right? It's just flip a coin whether the mom's living or not and probably the mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Bet on the mom being dead. Um, we don't talk about Bruno. Wait, no. yeah. <laughs> Oh god. You yeah, know, they sing a lot about him though.
2: I, uh, Esther, I,
0: so Esther learned the word <laughs> no from that movie cuz she right. doesn't just say no, she no. goes no no, no no no. That's funny. <laughs> uh
2: just, uh you know there's been a lot that's been going on, but uh, one of the comments that really has been a theme throughout this whole thing, I Joe said that uh, mimics what Paul says it says I have been, am now, and will always be growing, yeah, which mimics what Paul says and is exactly the summation of what we as Christians should be doing. yeah, right. you know uh, we should be in a continual process of growing uh, uh, spiritually, uh, emotionally, all of these things. and the great aspect of it is that, Jesus is there to help us with the Holy Spirit to help us yes do the growing but also to help sometimes point out to us the yeah. areas in which we need to grow. Uh-huh. And
0: that but also that growing does it does something more than just fully entrench you in a heavenly home. Yeah. Right? Because this this letter is these letters are certainly about hey hold on so you get the reward, right? <laughs> but that is rely on god's strength to pull you along through these times right that like the progress you're making the challenge you're feeling this relationship that you're in should be one that sustains you and part of it sustaining you is that it challenges you right a good relationship in your life should challenge you Mm -hmm. um i think about this um, when I think about my friends' marriages, right, um, and one of the ways that I think about what I think about a good marriage uh, versus maybe not a good marriage is, does the I don't have to like the person you married. The question I ask myself is, does the person you marry make you a better person? And if the answer to that question is yes, I will swallow anything um, and deal with it because clearly that is a life-giving marriage.
2: Pretty cool, and. Interesting enough, that's what we're supposed to do with our uh, heavenly Father. That's part of why maybe He uses marriage as right. an analogy. I mean, marriage, is, it?
0: it is, it is a u- is useful analogy until, like any analogy, it's a useful analogy up until it isn't, up yeah. to a point, right? <laughs> um, you know, none God of, is both. None well, of them are perfect, right? God is you know, analogies for God, Father, and also Mother. In the New Testament, there's some Mother analogies, um, husband and wife. Right? There's a lot of analogies, right? But all uh, what those analogies often get to are A relationship that both nurtures that 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 does three things nurtures challenges and sustains
2: Uh
0: right that that's what it's all of these analogies that is God is Father Mm -hmm. right then that gets at the 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 sustenance um and the challenge right but there is also that nurturing side and that's where you get the husband and wife you get the mother analogies you get the whatever is happening in the 23rd Psalm, right? You know, that's the shepherd thing, right? Yeah. That's the shepherd analogy. Yeah. Th- that works until it isn't, right? All of these are analogies. None of them are what God is. They are telling you about what God is. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of what God is about is a relationship that nurtures you, that challenges you, and that sustains you. And that you are, part of why we gather in church is so that you can have those relationships that nurture, challenge, and sustain. Anyways, I go on about this. It's literally the thesis statement of Wesleyan Theology, um, but we should probably uh, bring this show on uh, in for a landing. Um Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this edition of Scripture Talk. Um, if you have any feedback for the show, uh, you can post it here on Facebook. Uh, we will read it. Any comments, uh, any appropriate comments that come in um, on next week's show. Um, if You have, you can also post a comment on our YouTube channel, um, on our website, palestinegrace.com. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. If you need an audio-only version of this show, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcast podcatcher of choice Um, programming note um we do have a regularly scheduled uh episode uh, next week uh monday the 20th of june um at 6 p.m it may be a slightly extended episode um because it is our last oh um, no yeah um uh next monday uh you know set you know eight days from today um is our last show um not just our last show in, in this studio uh but uh the last show of scripture talk in this format um i you know i I literally can't speak to what the future is other than I'm positive. Um, I, you know, I have more than hope. I have sure confidence. I'm so excited about pastor Jimmy, um, and his ministry, but, uh, you know, this podcast will be sunset, um, as part of the pastor transition. Um, and I'm on on a mission trip on the 27th. Um, and so, um, our last show together, um, as a podcast team, uh, will be next week, um, next Monday. And so, um, you know, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, really sorry about that. Um, there is this whole backlog of four years. Four years of, four stuff, four years you of podcasting. Um, you've got, you hun- feel the emotions of next You've got a couple hundred episodes um, uh, to, uh, to catch up on uh, if you would like, and a good chunk of scripture we have covered. Um, uh, in fact, we're cycling back through a lot we've already preached on uh, before. Uh, we cover we've covered a lot of the Bible together. And anyways, I'll save all these kind of thoughts uh, for next week's show. Um, but I just know, you know that you know kind of the programming. Know what I have is it is a regularly scheduled episode next Monday, um, uh, the twentieth of June <laughs> at six p.m. Uh, but after literally immediately after that show, I'm putting the studio in boxes, um, and so um, and we'll have to, to ride off into the sunset. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, okay. So let, that's I'm gonna next play next week's stuff. That's quick. next week's stuff. And so go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Well, not dead yet. Not dead, dead yet. yet. <laughs> I go man recover and go for a walk. Bring uh, out <laughs> your dad. uh and Break fear out not, stay well. God is indeed with us. is looking, it's like we've lost our mind, because she can't hear the music. There's,
1: there's
0: Trust me, we does. haven't and lost our mind.
1: We have lost our well, mind. at least they haven't. Only,
0: only as much as we ever have. I have.
2: Going crazy was a short trip for us.
1: <laughs> it was a short trip for
2: me, I'm already short.
1: Yes. Brady's <laughs> not that far to fall, literally. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley.